In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ten lepers teach us how to recognize the visibility of our own failings. And how not to take anything for granted. For good reason, we consider our sins to be relatively secret. That's the case because we always want to confess our sins in secret. I've never seen anyone volunteer to go to confession in public. There'd be nothing wrong with that, of course. If they wanted to, they could. We wouldn't have to swear all the bystanders to secrecy. And it may very well be that 2,000 years ago it was not that terrible to confess one's sins in public because with so very little privacy, most everyone probably knew everyone else's sins anyway. For good measure, our sins are relatively secret. Most people can't guess what we're thinking. A lot of people don't know what we've done when nobody was looking. But isn't it true that we still bear the marks of having sinned? Isn't it still evident that we're sinners? how easy it is for us when we spend time with each other. If you want to get to know someone, go on a road trip with them. To find out what this person does well, what they do well habitually, and what they don't do very often, what they, what they don't do at all. Mothers never get a break from, from work. Vacation just means that mom does her work somewhere else. For the last few days, I've been in Maine with my family. And I I probably need to confess being too strict with my nephew. Although, as soon as they were driving down the gravel road away from our home, he was already saying, I miss you. He does have three uncles who love him very much, who also take pride in being relatively mean uncles. Mean only in the sense that we don't let him get away with anything. Mean in the way that my three older brothers were the second, third, and fourth fathers I had when I was growing up. It's very easy to pick out what someone doesn't do and how they should improve and what virtues they need and what better habits they should adopt. Meanwhile, it's as though we think we're living behind one-way glass, as though no one can observe our own 
failings, right? Our laziness, our selfishness, our lack of love, our hardness of heart. Maybe you also had the experience, whether it be growing up or in college or after college, going on a retreat and having made a good retreat and having made resolutions and having made a good examination of conscience beforehand and a good confession and realizing that there are some certain things that I need to do differently and feeling really holy at the end of the retreat and on the way home and watching it unravel and just in the matter of minutes or hours Sometimes conscious of the fact that we are reverting back to old patterns because that's the way other people expect us to behave. That's what people remember. Where we can sometimes have fear of being noticed, of having grown in virtue. Because it's a tacit admission that we weren't virtuous before. How, how self-defeating is that? Lepers had no such ability to, to kid themselves. Their, their disease disfigured them, gradually losing blood circulation. Extremities would decay and fall off, prone to infection, whether it be fingers or ears or tip of the nose. Hansen's disease, as we know it, is something that can be arrested now quite easily. But there was a time when almost annually I would visit a place called St. Monica's Home in Kingston, Jamaica. St. Monica's Home was for the elderly. And quite a few there were lepers. Their leprosy had been arrested, so they were able to interact with others because leprosy is contagious. Sadly, these lepers in Jamaica would, would be locked into a shed in someone's backyard. People were so fearful of catching the dreaded disease. We could hope that sins were so visible, whether it be for our own protection or for others recognizing their own sinfulness. But sometimes when people's sins are, are shown to them, when they're exposed, they don't necessarily respond well. whether it be in making up excuses or alibis or diverting our attention or, or even sometimes insisting that they try to do the right thing. As my nephew learned on a few occasions, sometimes it doesn't matter how much we try. Sometimes we just need to finish the job. There's no, there's no consolation in having tried We need to do what we're supposed to do. 
And so we pray for each other. We pray for our, our priests. We pray for our bishops. That when, when our sins are shown to us, we, we acknowledge it. And before rushing to apologize and before rushing to, to seek forgiveness, to, to, to reckon with the damage done and the punishment that ought to be received. Because so often what caused sin in the first place is someone regarding themselves as the center of the universe. And it's entirely possible for someone's having recognized that they broke a law, that they broke a commandment, they can recognize that and even try to address it while still obviously being the center of their own universe. And so we pray and we fast and we do penance. Ember days coming up in September will be a good opportunity for priests and bishops to do penance for themselves and for their brothers. When St. Damien of Molokai, knowing that he would die of leprosy, was caring for God's children and in need of going to confession himself, as you've heard the story before, could not find a priest who was willing to come down onto land for fear of himself becoming a leper. And so famously, St. Damien of Molokai found a merchant ship that was at port and a priest who was at least willing to present himself to the edge of the boat. And St. Damien shouted his confession to the priest so that he could receive absolution from, from another ordained minister. And those who heard it were reduced to tears. They wouldn't have been reduced to tears if they thought that they were observing some spectacle or some drama where someone thinks he's the best thing since sliced bread, or someone thinks that his sins are, are the center of the universe or the center of the human drama. No, they witnessed a child of God acting like a child of God opening his heart to his father. So we pray for that true filial spirit to pervade the church, especially among our fathers, to govern us and to correct us and to teach us the truth and still to be held accountable. 
One of my favorite parts of going to church growing up was at first the most embarrassing. My father was a very a very prayerful man in a in a unique way because when he prayed besides his arthritic fingers being in a in a in a in a weird position when he prayed in church his voice was like a boy's and when i was growing up it embarrassed me it embarrassed me that my that my father had such a such a mild voice in church And as I grew older, I realized more and more that that was the voice of a son. That was the voice of a son talking to his father. And he wasn't pretending to be somebody that he wasn't. He wasn't pretending to be other than who he is and what he was. So we pray for our fathers and we lift them up to God. And we ask that he continue to give us good fathers and to make bad fathers less bad and okay fathers good and to make good fathers holy. And having recognized God's gift to us and in saving us from sin and forgiving us of particular sins, we return to him in gratitude. For we cannot take that for granted. Our Lady, Mother of the Church, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.